Radio Mano Papachango. song called bright side of the sun by a band called basin and range uh this is a special episode with brian callen i recorded this when i was in la a few months ago and brian and i sat down and um before we went out to dinner that night we we talked about what he was going through brian uh, was and, and is in legal proceedings um, that are provoked by accusations a woman made um, about a situation that supposedly happened about 20 years ago where she claims that um, Brian forced himself upon her. Brian claims that's totally absurd and uh it got picked up in the press and it led to brian having you know serious professional difficulties um you know he was on tv shows he had uh you know comedy dates and it sort of all got tied up in the middle of the covid thing too so lots of performers were facing uh, financial difficulties because they couldn't perform but this also uh, affected Brian's situation. Uh, I don't know the details. I don't want to talk about the details because I don't want to say anything that could cause any kind of uh, difficulties for Brian. I know there's litigation happening. And um, so uh, I just listened to this whole episode trying to make sure that we didn't say anything that uh, could affect that litigation and I didn't hear anything. So I think we're okay. And Brian very um, kindly and generously gave me permission to use this because he is talking about the situation publicly now. Uh, at the time we recorded it, he, he was just, his lawyer told him just shut up, don't say anything. And so we were respecting that. Um, but it's generally, I think a, I mean, the conversation is very much philosophical. It's about the issues around the sort of cancel culture and, um, you know, the positives and the negatives of the Me Too movement and, um, you know, the, the nuance and difficulty around these situations. And, um, you know, I think we, we both recognize uh, and and say quite explicitly that uh, there's no easy answer to these things. You know, when a woman um, accuses a man of a serious crime, that has to be taken seriously. Um, but there are problems with accusing someone of a crime that supposedly took place 20 years ago and then having the repercussions of that accusation cause immeasurable damage and there's no due process. Uh, there's no opportunity 
to respond to those accusations. That's a weird place to be, and that, that's a place that the entire justice system is designed to prevent people finding themselves in. You know, that's the whole basis of innocent until proven guilty. And, um, but we find ourselves in a situation now where, um, I guess that that's still true in a purely criminal justice sense, but if, you know, social media decides that you're guilty, you're, you're fucked. Um, if you're a public person whose reputation is, uh, you know, whose good name is is necessary to you being on TV or on stage or, um, you know, having a podcast or or whatever. Um, so it's it's a weird situation. Like, okay, you're not going to go to prison without some kind of due process, but you may be thrown out of your house and have your entire career demolished. That doesn't seem fair, but that is where we are. Anyway, so this is a very timely conversation. Uh, you know, Brian's a friend of mine. I love the guy. So I'm clearly coming at this from um, that perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to pretend that I'm not. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to leave it there. I, I don't want to do ads or, or, you know, go on and on talking about various things. Uh, I'm just going to throw this up. And, um, you know, share this, this dude with you. I know most of you have heard Brian, you probably heard his podcast or heard him on Rogan or seen him on TV, whatever. Um, he's a legit dude. He's, uh, he's somebody that I, whose presence I enjoy a lot, whose mind is, as you will hear, very sharp, very energetic, very funny, very kind. So. This is Brian Callen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Sending out a lot of love to everybody out there in the world. I hope you're doing okay. And um, man, if you're in Texas, I hope you're okay. What the fuck, Texas? I'm going to play you out with a song I know I've played on this podcast before because it's one of my favorite songs. And it so often feels appropriate. It's by Daniel Lenoir. Uh, I've been watching some Daniel Lenoir videos on YouTube. I've gone down that rabbit hole. Ah, oh, what a cool dude. What a fucking cool dude he is. Um, just a really special um, spirit. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, just check him out on YouTube. He's He's been on a bunch of different things talking about producing uh joshua tree with you two or so with peter gabriel um he produced um, a couple of bob dylan records neil young i mean he's he's been everywhere with everyone um but his he's so beyond considerations of fame and money he's all about the music and finding the groove and the sound and uh the magic He's a very magical dude. Anyway, this song is called Sometimes. And uh, when I'm with someone or when I myself am going through some some heavy shit, 
I like to listen to this song because it um, provides some some perspective and some some distance to look back and see your life from from atop a nearby mountain and everything looks different. Sometimes by Daniel Lenoir. Sometimes, sometimes Sometimes I feel like I'm playing on the radio Sometimes I feel like I'm on a traveling road show Sometimes I got the power of the will And I know my song is gonna be alright Sometimes I feel like I'm on a freight train Forever rescued by the mystery rain Sometimes I'm just out for a thrill She always said, baby, you're gonna be alright The sun gonna come shining down Push it all away, make it all right Sometimes in the heart of a long cold night It's all too far Out of sight, out of sight Hard to know everything's gonna be all right Everyone thinks you got everything you want Hard to have and then have not Hard to have in heaven Sometimes I want to take a pill and hide Sometimes I want to shut down and ride And go where no man should go Go where no man should go Go where no man should go Could it be, ever really be alright? Alright ladies and gentlemen, I'm in Brian Callen's kitchen. Sipping, sipping good wine. Sipping good wine as one does in Brian Callen's kitchen. An Italian kitchen. wine. <laughs> and not an expensive one. I, I found a little, I found a store that says provisions. Yeah, you know, there's this throwback. Yeah. People love the... They, they like um, the tactile, the artisanship, you know, that you can open a store where you have, I, this is what's interesting. You can open a store and you have hand-dipped chocolates and you have, mm. uh, you have um, Dutch cocoa processed uh, in single-sourced vats. You can just, you make yeah. up literature. And you write that in cursive. Small batch. Write that on cursive on the... Unbleached on, paper. On the unbleached paper on the papyrus. <laughs> on the papyrus. <laughs> wrap that, wrap that around a chocolate bar yeah. and then, and then tie it off with a string, an mm. old string. And, you're you you only if you want to find the whitest people in the world that's where they go <laughs> that's where they go there are no black people who hand grind their own no, coffee beans no they don't buy that bullshit no no they don't do that but but yeah. it's it's where the whites it's where the whites with disposable income who are in their 30s 40s and then Brian Callen go 
<laughs> and, well, you're uh, in your 40s, right? I'm, I'm 53. Oh, my friend. Okay. Thank you. Well, I have, you look good. You I look have good. oily skin. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't crack. Oil and, uh, don't crack? Is I that have, the new line? It says, oil don't crack, you racist <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> oil, oily Dago. <laughs> Boy, if this is going to start off Dago? racist. Dago? Do you, do you know that expression? Of course. Of course. That's I, I, It's weird. I heard that when I was a little kid. That's from New York, you Dago. Oh, is it? Yeah. I was in Pennsylvania. When you wanted to really go after an Italian guy, you know, they would say stuff like that. They'd call you that Dago Wop, and a Wop was a Wop was always a real insult to Italians. From my grandfather, my my mother's my mother's generation, especially if you were Sicilian like my mother. Right. So when you were Sicilian, you were in Brooklyn. If your father, if you made money, you didn't stay in Brooklyn. You moved to Westchester County because hmm. that's where the whites were. That's where the big houses were. So, but you were still Sicilian. Right. And and if you ever called my grandfather a WAP or my mother a WAP, you know that was that stood for without papers. Oh. Meaning you came to Ellis Island, you didn't have any papers. You were an immigrant oh. from from You're your like old country. Destitute. You had no money. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so um, that was they. They were Italians. Were very sensitive to that my grandfather, my mother, to this day sensitive about that yeah. my mother identifies with every disenfranchised people from the palestinians to whoever to the mexicans because she felt that way as a kid because yeah. you know they moved to westchester and mm. it was all wasps mm. and you know so she were, made it her family made some money her father had a spaghetti sauce factory in an import export business yeah sclafani tomato sauce so so you're, but you're half Irish, right? Uh, my father's Irish. Callan is an Irish name. Yeah. I've seen your father. I've seen your, your golf videos with your dad. He's a funny dude. 80 years old, still killing it. I love, I love his old, sense of humor. Improving in golf at fucking 80. Really? Yeah. So he really sucked at 60. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He must you're have been so right bad. You you're goddamn right. God. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't think golf is, is anything that I will ever do. It's just too too rich, too white, too well, too much manicuring of lawns. No, the problem is that's the surface. Yeah, the problem is it's incredibly zen, and the problem is it's it's a lifetime of practice. And yeah. the problem is it's it's like it's like the game Go or something. I don't know right. how to play that, but uh, minutes to learn, a lifetime to master, or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, yeah. you you. you Golf is about getting out of your own way. And any skill that requires you get out of your own way right. is going to hook you. And yeah, my father my father had an interesting epiphany at 80. He's been golfing almost his age. And um, I said, that's got to feel amazing. And he said, not anymore. <laughs> the mystery is starting to go away. Really? Yeah. He's uh... felt what it's like to hit better than he ever thought he would. Yeah. And now he's like, I get it. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there now, now we have variations of a degree. It's like, um, I'm in this car. It took me forever to learn how to, to be able to afford a Porsche. And I guess I could get the fastest one, but I can only drive so far fast anyway. Yeah. It's these, these $50 million isn't going to make you happier than $40 million. I don't think it's going to make you happier than $3 million. Whatever the number. What is that? Have you ever worked that out? Because, I mean, you, your life has been uh, so far one of lots of surprising, probably, access, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and then and we'll get into this later if you yeah. want to. But and like then, then that access gets taken away suddenly, yeah. unexpectedly. Uh -huh. and uh, So you sort of 
seen this from many angles. Yes. Did you ever work out a number like, okay, when I have $5 million, then I'm going to stop running? I, I have never, um, to my fault, I've never paid attention to money. So I'm an idiot with money. Hmm. And so um, I, instead of saving money, I always thought about how to make money. So that worked in my favor. Hmm. But um, I, I think what's really helpful is when you, when you have your house paid off. When you know that where you're living is is yours, which right. I don't have, but let's just say you do. Yeah. That's old school. Right. And old school people and people that have a lot of money I've noticed do that. There are a lot of people that live on an interest only loan and you know, but the people I know who've made money, the first thing they did was pay off their house. Yeah. That feeling of having roots and your feet in the ground is invaluable. A place no one can kick you out of. That's right. I mean, property taxes can can kick you out. They can kick you out. But knowing that you own uh, own the property, you own, you have skin in this game is a big deal. And so I think that's important. And then I think having enough money, they say you should have as much money as your friends have. If you've got a lot of really rich friends and they can just go away and you can't, that can be a bummer. But I think think money, I think... um, I actually think. I think you got to get better friends. Get no, poor, I get agree. No, 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 no. I, I think I think you ha- need enough money. I think a big house is overrated. Yeah. I think what you want is a small house, so so that and you want neighbors, you know. Yeah. And if you have, if you know your neighbors and they're cool, and and you have a house where your kids are a little closer to you because the walls aren't so far apart, and if you, um, and I think if you have enough money to buy the the bottle of wine that you want and buy good food and cook it at home with friends and you have a place where you can sit and have coffee in the morning that's quiet i don't think and mm. if you've got a view that's that's worth the money yeah most people can't afford a view but but yeah. but you know the, the point is that sitting under a tree with no view is pretty awesome too yeah. sitting in a garden listening to a water feature or whatever so I, as I get older, am obsessing over finding happiness in the smaller things, in in being more of a minimalist. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of in the in the Japanese vein of you know using the tiny space you have and maximizing the value and the serenity and the joy in it, yeah. because you pay attention to what's in front of you and how it changes all the time. It's like Walden. It's like Thoreau's Walden, right? Yeah. He said the pond was all I needed because it changed every single minute I looked at it. Yeah. So it, it was an endless source of fascination and and uh, maybe occupation. Yeah, I've, I've been looking at things from that perspective my whole life because my thing, like in as soon as I, even when I was still in college, my thing was I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to have adventures. I'm only working enough to make enough money to do the next trip, you know, to take off for a couple of years, whatever. And uh, so it was always about maximizing pleasure and experience Mm. and minimizing cost. Mm. And if I have one skill, that's that's what I'm really good at. That's I can create a space from I mean, I my first apartment in Barcelona that I lived in for three years, everything in that apartment came from the street. Wow, that's awesome. Was, was that's pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Including the mattress. And I bet it looked great, though. It was, you know what? I don't know how great it looked, it but flavor. people were comfortable there. Yes. That's the thing, you know? know? People would come over and it'd be like, they, oh, can I invite some friends over? Because this is great. And we're all like sitting on the floor. The only furniture was my mattress, some cushions, and a couple of hammocks that I'd strung up. 
and there's some, you know, your taste in music is much more important than how big your speakers are, I Fuck guess is what I'm trying yes. to say. You Fuck. Know? Great, great saying. Yeah. Great so, saying. Anyway, so yeah, it's, you know, you and I were talking before we turned the mics on about van life, and I know you're interested in maybe getting some of that going on. Dude, it's so awesome. I'm in the van, you know, in Idaho, let's say. Pull up to this place I know. There's one of the most beautiful hot springs I've ever seen. Totally undeveloped. It's just water coming out of the side of the hill into this beautiful stream. Uh, you, you camp right there. It's th- There actually is a campground there. So there's a fire ring and a picnic table and bathrooms and water if you need. It's 12 bucks a night. Jesus Christ. God. The Milky Way is... It's yeah, so see, bright. See, I, I'm all about it. 12 bucks a night. I'm all and, about it. And if you don't want to spend the 12 bucks, you go down the road to the dispersed camping in the National Forest, you pay nothing. Nothing. Wow. And you're right next to this river every morning. I go for weeks without taking a shower. I just jump in the river every morning. And you have a... Oh, you have a awesome. And you have a... Um, uh, a, a map of where all these places are, and yeah, yeah, I have uh, the an two atlas things that fuck this up. For drop me. pins and stuff. all I want to be is a gypsy like that, yeah. and and especially lately. But there are two problems. One is kids. I got to be here for my children because sure. they're young, yeah. and and uh, they need me, and I need them. And and that need is fucking beautiful. It is. You, it you is. shouldn't miss I, out I, on being that. away from them. Yeah, that would kill me. The idea that they're growing up and I'm not there. My my, yeah. they need you, and they love you, and 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 you have you you. It's a struggle to to develop a child, a human being, and you make mistakes, and and you're you, you worry and constantly, and and you get deep. You just feelings of inadequacy because there's very little you can do in many ways. You know, yeah. your children come through. A lot you. of it's out of your hands. It's a lot of it's out of your hands, and yeah. and and you just want them to be happy and not lonely, and you want them to do the right thing so that they have friends and they don't fuck up and all those things. But they have to find their own way and they have to go through their own pains, which I can I can't bear. Right? You can't bear. Yeah. But but that and the other thing that nags at me is the idea, and it might it might be false as I'm getting older, but this idea of of being an artist and and being in the business of original self-expression and trying to surprise myself and do something truly original and being able to look back on my deathbed at a life not only well-lived but originally expressed i want i want a body of work i can i can kind of that my that people my children can say my dad did that but also that i surprised myself and i did that i mind I mined everything I could out of myself. And that responsibility is, an, is a nag. It's always nagging at me. It's always, you're wasting time, you're wasting time, you're wasting time. Where do you time. think that comes from? I think I was raised with that ideal. I think I was raised with the notion that hard work requires, um, requires a, a degree of, and not only masochism, but you should be, you should be too skinny because you haven't time for food. Are your parents artists? Or something? No, sure. no, no, but they work hard. They work hard, but, but this was, this is the Irving Stone, the agony and the ecstasy, the life of Michelangelo. And I read these goddamn books when I was too young. So it's a heroic sensibility. It's this fucking thing of, you know, you have to suffer any, nothing, nothing is worth anything unless you've suffered. And you know, your hands should be bleeding from the Catholic. I am. I am. I am. (laughs) Shot in the dark. I am. Shot in the dark. (laughs) I am, man. It's fucked up. And you're right. That must be it. Cause I, 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 I always say I wasn't raised Catholic, but sure. 
sure I was. Of course I was well, raised Catholic. Sicilian, Irish, you know. It's Catholic. Yeah. It's Catholic. It bleeds into you. Yeah. And and um And then it bleeds and out is, of you. Yeah, and then it bleeds the <laughs> fuck out of you. As you kind of go, man, I I've been, you know, uh, I'm so mean to myself. Yeah. And one of the things that people that are closest to me say that to me. They always go, You are not nice to yourself. Because I'm a martyr. Mm. I you know, I, I you know, I'm I'm not I, I'm just gonna sound like I'm I'm complimenting myself here, but it comes from having low self-esteem or comes from having the idea that you're not, uh, you're not working hard enough or that you're lucky. And so you have to, there's guilt and shame. It's a, it's an interesting thing, right? Like, and you, you touched on it there where you said, it's going to sound like I'm complimenting myself because there's a, you know, there's a, there's a narcissism Mm -hmm. in martyrdom. Fuck yeah. There is. You know, like, Hey, it's going to be me up on the cross and I'm going to look good. You know, like everyone's going to see how well I suffer. It's, there's a book. Um, my friend Anya talks about the, the drama of the gifted child. I think it's called, I think I've heard of that book. I haven't read it. She recommends it all the time. And, And I think in that book, the author talks about how narcissism and depression are two expressions of the same energy. Mm. Uh, and cause they're both about me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm depressed because things aren't turning, turning out the way I want them to be. Yes. And I'm suffering and I'm poor me. Right. There's yeah. a, not, not, I'm not talking about expectations, a very high expectations yeah. of yourself, which yeah. you never reach. Right. So it's like, it's a weird thing. It's, I don't know. I I remember one of the first times I took psychedelics, I had this because I was caught up in that. I was very much like, I'm going to be some kind of great whatever. And then the first time I took psychedelics, I had I felt this amazing release, this amazing sense of like, shut the fuck up, dude. You don't matter. You're just. Yeah. You're just a speck of dust in in time and in the universe. And rather than being insulted and fearful about that, I felt liberated by it. Yes, I, I think I'm going through that too. I think since <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a COVID lot of ego and, and crushing going on in your life right now. There is, and so when you're faced with destruction and you're faced with um, something you can't control, which is people say things about you, and then you you're you're left to you're left with that wreckage. And, and let me tell you something about today's world. It, everything goes away. Yeah. It all goes away. So you, you, everything, uh, you know, uh, three, two months ago, I, I had, I don't know, three TV shows and, and, um, I had, uh, I had everything going. I mean, I was going to make, it was, it was, there were no problems. Money, yeah. money wasn't an object. And you're on the upslope. It, it was crazy. And, and, and then you're looking, you realize that from the age of 53 on, I'm, I'm set. Yeah. I'm just set. And then when that all goes away, you can you can get depressed and get angry about the injustice that's happened to you. It's very easy to do that. You know, and then your friends who know you are like, I can't believe this. And But, you know, I could be talking to you about my glioblastoma right now. Right. Or I could be talking to you from a fucking wheelchair. And it could be so much worse in every way. Or in a prison visiting room. Yes. So, yeah. so you better fucking pivot. Everybody, I hope most of it, most of it happens to people when they're in their sleep and they're very old. But all of us, all of us face our own destruction and we certainly face chaos. And it's so interesting because I was writing about vulnerability. I was writing my stand-up I, I've been talking about. I was talking about how... Um, 
when a rhino is poached, a rhino is a 6,000 pound animal. And it's the kind of animal I would design to be impervious. I'm a guy who doesn't like being vulnerable. I had this while I was a wrestler and taekwondo and jujitsu and boxing and I own guns and all that shit. And, and, um, and I don't take any shit because I can't, I can't stand the idea of being bullied or being vulnerable. What's funny about life or the gods or fate is that um, you can't cover all the flanks. You can't cover all the flanks. Yeah. A rhino, as powerful as it is, can be dropped with a 370, a Holland Holland 370. That bullet weighs about, I think it's 19 or 22 grams. 22 grams. That's about as much as four nickels weigh. Yeah. And it'll drop that fucking thing in its... In, you hit that thing in the heart, it drops. Yeah. So I don't care how tough you are. I, I don't care if you have your, your skin is seven inches thick. We're all impervious. And so no matter what you do, if you're a prepper or anything else, you're not stopping irregular cell division in your body. Right. You're not stopping a stray bullet. When people get attacked by a wild animal, believe me, they weren't in an area where that wild animal even lives. They weren't in an area where that wild animal has ever attacked anybody ever. So... Whatever it is, you're not able to cover all the flanks. Yeah. And that, to me, is, is interesting because you're in a vulnerable position. Now what? Well, I know where God, the notion of God comes from. I know where the idea of saying, this is happening for me, not to me. And what am I going to do with it? And who am I? Who mm. am I in chaos? I talk right. a big game. Right. But who the fuck are you when, because your opponent comes to you in a form you don't recognize and, and comes to you in a form where your weaponry, the weaponry you've been developing your whole life is no good here. It's like that you, adage that generals always prepare to refight the last war. And they're always surprised by what comes in the next. Isn't one. that amazing? Yeah, That's we do exactly the same right. thing, right? You prepare to defend yourself against what hurt you before. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's right. And so it's been really interesting. It's been a gift in that sense of surrender. And it makes you braver. Yeah. And it makes you more compassionate. And, and it allows you, um, I guess you have to let go of a lot of stuff, including people. And, and forces you to innovate in a very uncomfortable position. Yeah. All that stuff. All that stuff. You know, for me, the, the, you know, we all think through our own prisms, but my prism, uh, you know, for 25 years or whatever, I've been thinking about hunter-gatherers and farmers and agriculture and, you know, foraging and, you know, the, the trajectory of humanity over the last 300,000 years. So I tend to see these sorts of issues in terms of hunter-gatherers versus farmers, because farmers own the land, they build a wall, they've got their crops, they've got an investment, they, you know, they've got to protect it, They're, they've got this vested interest, literally. Hunter-gatherers are like, oh, shit, it's not raining here this year. Let's go over the mountains to the other valley where you know, we know it, there's more water over there. Mm -hmm. We leave, we, we move, we get out of the way. It's kind of like the difference between Aikido and... Um, you know, Taekwondo. Taekwondo, yeah. you block and strike. Yeah. Aikido, you get out of the way yeah. of the blow. And yeah. you just, you stay centered, but you get out of the way. You don't resist. And so it's very interesting. Like, you know, again, getting back to what I was saying earlier, my thing has always been not to make a lot of money. My thing has been to live as well as possible with as little as possible. Mm. 
Thoreau in, in Walden says a man's wealth is best measured by the things he can do without. Yeah, that's the idea of, you know, there's there's fuck you money. And, and then there's another kind of fuck you money. When you have no money and nothing to lose, that's fuck, fuck you, you. too. That's, yeah, you know. exactly. I've always had the fuck you with, yeah. without the money. In, in, the, in, in Nassim Taleb's book, Skin in the Game, which I really enjoyed, um, he talks about that. You know, you, you, you can't, your employees have to need you. If you have a company, you don't want your employees to have maximum freedom because they're hard to control. Yeah. You, you need to create... Uh, uh, an environment where they are, um, this is what IBM does and stuff. You got to wear a, a white shirt and a blue suit and, you know, and, and you've got to tow the company line. The company will be there for you forever. You'll be a company man, but don't try to step outside of this company. You, you're not going anywhere. You're a slave to this company and mm-hmm. you'll take the wages that, you know, and we're going to take care of you. Right. You'll have your health care, but you're not going to be fabulously wealthy. You're going to yeah. live this life yeah. and you're going to have your friends are going to be in the company. You know, and then that's the American dream. That was <laughs> used to be. Yeah, well, used to be, and then yeah. the '90s came along, and the tech industry put those people out of work, and all of a sudden they went, "Wait a minute!" I. That's the thing about everything in this in this ever changing world, and and it's uncomfortable at 53. But you have to learn, unlearn, and relearn. And you, as you get older, become more and more irrelevant. There are just, you know, there's some funny motherfuckers out there and there are some edgy dudes and they're into the, and they're, they're into the zeitgeist. They're into the, what's going on currently. When you get to be 53, you're not into that. I don't care about the latest Cardi B song. I don't care about the latest drama that this NBA player is going through. I don't give a fuck about that. I want to withdraw and read a book. Yeah. And I want to hang with someone like you and have a great conversation. Another old guy. That's right. That's way more interesting <laughs> to me. It's very refreshing yeah. to have someone like you yeah. here. I was really looking forward to this today because that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I, and again, I, I, you're right. I want to simplify. And I may become a monk and just give everything to my children. You know, I, there is something about facing a form of destruction and uh, catastrophe and chaos that makes you, again, brave and, and gives you the gift that you don't need. Al- I need almost nothing. My back is strong, man. My, my, my belly's tight. I need very little. I don't need anything. I, need, I don't even need good tasting food. I certainly don't need a space like this. Yeah. I'm not afraid. What about community? I need community. Yeah, that's the thing. I and I have, I have community. Yeah. And the, the other thing about the gift of some, going through anything that's hard in life is that um, you, you're the people that you really, you get, you know, you find out very quickly who your real community is, who your real friends are. Yeah. And my family, my sister, just been unbelievable. And the people, some of the friends that I have have shocked me. They surprised me. Have you, how have you talked to your kids about this? I talked to my daughter. She's 12, and yeah. uh, it, it was tough. Yeah. But, you know, you have to. And uh, she's get, Well, she doesn't go to school, I guess, at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, but thank God. Whatever, social thank media. God. She'll but again, we live in a time when you can say something about someone, and, uh, and you're, it, it's the allegation. Did you're you, done. Did you're you ever talk to the journalist from the L.A. Times? No, no. I, 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 I never I, would. I had some back and forth with her on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, I be, what I said to her was this article reads more like you're building a case than, yeah. th- than that you're reporting on one. Yeah. 
there's no, you know, like she was claiming, to, you know, like the way the the woman felt when she saw this and she, That's know, right. she saw this on her face. And she, like, you weren't there. This exactly. isn't journalism. You're telling some story. Exactly. You're and there's no skepticism. There's but I think no a lot of people sides. felt that. I think a lot of certainly the people that know me were like, you know. And, and but that's the that's she's irrelevant. She's she exists no matter where in, in today's world. Because it's about getting clicks. Well, because there's enormous it's about drawing pressure. attention. When you're a journalist, yeah. you're underpaid and yeah. you're always on the verge of losing your job. Yeah. You have to you you like the L.A. Times is a good example of they, 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 they are in trouble. They can't get paying subscribers. Yeah. So whatever you can do, you have to do. So to me, I don't, again, the, the trap can be in worrying about the people out there. They're always going to be out there. They're, that exists. And, and, you know, you can bemoan, oh, woe is me. But again, again, it's just what happened, man. Now what? You know, yeah. uh, I, 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 we can talk about the fact that, you know, your life can be ruined with, some, with, with someone saying something about you. And I can go into detail about why it's not true. You know, I always say there's no gray area here. Did, was there ever a moment where you were lying in bed thinking, could that have happened? It was 20 years ago. No. Could no. it have happened? No, no, no. 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 And that's very important. And, and th that's very important. Um, there's no gray area here. Okay? There's, that didn't happen. That did not happen. But, you'll, and so, and but so, you'll agree that people can experience things in different ways, that's right? The, the same that's event. That's the rub. The, in every, the that's, but that's Kurosawa why everybody's thing. so afraid. Yeah. Because, because every man I know is terrified. Because if someone can come out, like Rose McGowan came out against Alexander Payne 29 years later, you can't defend yourself as a man against that. Right. And you don't know. You don't know who you're dealing with. It's... It, you, you, it's not my place to say what's going on in that person's head. Right. I have no idea. Right. And so, so the terrifying thing is someone can have a memory or they can decide something happened or they can say something then that they have to hold on to for a right. long time and then their friends pressure them, hmm. whatever it might be. They go to therapy. This is happening all the time. Yeah. I was drunk. Then well, you you were you know taking that happened to a friend of mine. Her of therapist told her you were raped, and my friend's like, "No, I wasn't. He was drunk. I was drunk. We were just but stupid kids." But these therapists kids. are are indoctrinated also in this new way of thinking. Yeah. Right. So so that can destroy. It's the it's the form. It's a form of murder. You do that to a young man in college. That's it. So we are seeing this, and I don't think anyone is comfortable with that. No one is comfortable in a world well, where you're guilty also, until proven innocent with a right. new process, because that is what happens. And yeah. make no mistake, it is total and complete destruction. You yeah. don't come, come back from it. You don't. When someone tells a story like that, you don't. So, so people can say they, that you do, but there's a large part of you that doesn't. And if you want to live in that world, of your career. I'm talking about your career. Well, look, I'm a grown, I'm a big boy. Yeah. But, 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 um, but the fact of the matter is, it, it does irreparable damage, and um, 
If you want to live in a world like that, remember something. You're next. Your brother's next. Your father's next. Your son's next. Yeah. You might be next. Well, and, and that's a fact. That's why we have to forget the damage it does to women as well. Because it totally disempowers women. Yes. It makes women look like helpless little victims. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have friend, well, Anya, you'll be with her later when we have dinner. Like, she's enraged by this. Yeah. You know, because women who actually are you know, dragged into the bushes and abused yes. or sexually abused by a stepfather or whatever, that shit's legit. Yeah. And, and there's every right to be angry about that. And there's every right to get the police involved and so on and so forth. But to wait 20 years, especially a woman who's got plenty of power, whose father's wealthy, who, who you were actually working for her father at some point? No, no, no. I, he was, I loved her father. He was a director. Yeah. You know, um, but and, I mean, she's my, not, my, what director, I, my point but, is she's not like some disempowered person with absolutely no access but again, to the see, levers. That, this is not relevant to me. Yeah. It's not relevant because because I, now we're trying to get into motivation. Someone's head. Yeah. yeah. This this is what I say. I, I'm telling the truth and they have to live with themselves. Yeah. And and um, that's what I say. And and what was very important to me to my, my, my publicist and my lawyer is I go, I need you to know why I'm innocent. I mean, I need to know why you think I'm innocent. I'm not hiring. A, I'm not, I don't want to hire anybody who's a gun, a hired gun. Right. I want to know that you know. And, and I showed them. I showed them my evidence. I showed them a lot of stuff. And especially my publicist was a woman. She's a feminist. And I said, I, and there are things that I, I had a lot of people reach out to me, mainly women, yeah. uh, from my life over the past 25 years. A lot of them. Right. And I, 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 I saved, I saved, I saved those messages and I showed them to my publicist and my lawyer. Right. And I said, I just want you to see who I am. Right. This is important. And, um, but again, listen, listen, it's not a fight you can win. At the end of the day, it's not a fight you can win. It's what happened. You got bit by a shark and you lost your leg. A stray bullet hit your spine. Drunk driver came into Whatever your Whatever it was. Yeah. You, you, can, you can be a bitch and cry and, and yeah. say, this. But what I do think is important is, is the long debate. The debate that right. happens beyond this. Right. We all feel uncomfortable with this. Everyone feels uncomfortable with this. In any revolution, in any movement, there are going to be bodies on the side of the road. And in any movement, any revolution, there's going to be messy shit. But we better not forget what this country was founded on. And I know a lot of people think it was founded on racism and gen genocide, thanks. But it was also founded on, you know, due process and justice for all. Right. And, 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 Rule of law, and, innocent, and, until, and, innocent until proven guilty. These yeah. are very important things. Yeah. They are the institutions and the scaffolding that holds the whole fucking thing up. And I think one of the liabilities to technology and to social media and to a press that is so divided and, and frankly, activist, activist, yeah, right. there are a lot of activists on both sides of the aisle. And that's, that's the worry. Yeah. There is an agenda so there's no reasonable middle ground. There is. There but is. But it, They're quiet. Who's they their channel? Out, they certainly reach out to me by the thousands. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's, but, but, but where's their voice? Where's their platform? Where's their Because advocates? most people are afraid of the vocal minority. Right. The, the vocal organized minority is very, very powerful. I mean, the Russian Revolution yeah. was started by... A very small group of but intellectuals. It's, it's powerful in, in your case, right? Because your career is 
built around a public persona. So if someone damages that public persona, yeah. you're in trouble. Of course. Like, or a teacher, if you're working with kids and someone comes in with that kind of accusation, that's a big issue, you know, for employment. Um, I, I wonder, yeah, I don't, I'm in a very privileged position because I see this shit go down and I think like, what's the problem? Yeah. Like, I don't have a job. You can't fire me, sure. you know, but I'm, I'm in this well, very you, that's weird. The, that's the problem is that the, the, there are so many people and I'm talking men here. I'm going to speak for men who, who, who have, um, careers and when you get canceled, what that means is that you can't pay your fucking mortgage and right. you can't pay your car off and you can't do anything. And more importantly, what it means is you have to come home and tell your children, we're moving to where we can afford. And yeah. I'm not sure what that is right now. We may have to move back in with my parents in Toledo. And I don't know what to do because I can't find work because I have this scarlet letter on me. Right. Even though there was absolutely no due process. I had no say in this. That is what's happening. That yeah. is the truth. Yeah. And it's happening to boys in college and it's happening to everything else. So, so we have to figure out what to do about that injustice. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you don't want to tackle an injustice, which is women being taken advantage of, etc. With more injustice there's 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 got to be a better way to do this and i think most yeah. people agree with that and i think most people are very uncomfortable with cancel culture they are because we I, inherently I know to, that do you know who jody armor is i don't uh, he was um he was at the motherfucker awards he's a he's a black scholar expert in uh criminal justice and prison reform and all this kind of stuff and i had him on the podcast so he made a really interesting point about the difference between uh, justice and revenge yeah and how you know like it's not going to help black people for white people to go through 200 years of slavery no. right no. that's not gonna that's not how you no. get justice no you don't and the american criminal justice system is really set up on vengeance yes you know you hurt someone if that's proven in a court of law now we're gonna hurt you well it's symmetry it's 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 but it's, it's bullshit because it's, so justice it doesn't is everything. move the culture forward. No, but justice is the idea that it, that something has been in an injustice is something has been put out of place. Okay, something something has been put something is out of place. Right, and justice is putting it back in its place. But see, that's not how it works in real no. life. You kill my sister. Yeah. Now you go to prison for forty years. Yes. My sister doesn't come back. No. There's no, there's no, it doesn't, well, it, it doesn't on, fix it works the on problem. Deterrent. That's a deterrent. But it, that's not, yeah. I, I was talking to this other guy who made the argument that uh, prison sentences should, or, or the, no, he said the death penalty should be reserved for white collar criminals <laughs> because they're the ones who think about the crime before they do it. Yeah. So they're the ones for whom deterrence would be effective. Yeah. Some guy goes into a liquor store to steal the money. Someone comes up behind him. He turns around and shoots him. He's not... Yeah. He wasn't planning to kill anyone, but he's the guy who's going to go on death yes. row. Not yeah. the fucking hedge fund manager who steals a billion dollars from retirees. Did you ever hear Lewis Carroll's... Uh, I mean, C.S. Lewis's uh, treatise on evil, on... on, mm. on uh, did he, did, and, and Ronald Reagan uh, read, read about it. He said evil, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase and butcher it, but evil... Evil doesn't, it's not, it's not in some dic 
Dickinsonian parlor with people like, <laughs> you know, with stained teeth and a dagger and, you know, a, a sort of a black hat. And we will kill him, yes. And then we'll torture him. And then we'll, you know. No, real evil happens often with uh, very rational minds, clipped fingernails, and shaved cheeks. Men who are very civilized, who decide that the Jews and the gypsies and the gays, the homosexuals, are... are uh, a scourge are no longer needed in this society, and so we should uh, do away with them. We should. Uh, the final solution might be to um, uh, systematically and very machine-like, and very uh, uh, in a very antiseptic right. way. Let's get rid of these. Let's get rid of this problem. This bad meat, and the real evil happens when when rational, calculating, godless men get together in a room under an ideology because they've given up on anything like compassion. I'm, a, I'm with you up until godless. I know. A lot, I know, of, a lot of godful be, men have uh, affected have. a lot of they, fucking I mean, look evil at the, in the Look world. at the Catholic-Protestant wars. They were horrific, horrific. So thank you for that. And you're yeah. right. You're absolutely right about that. It's people but who are sure that they're right. It's tribalism. Certainty. There's tribalism, but then there's also ideology. Yeah. And Italy, ideology is, is something that can... I think it's worse than tribalism in some ways. Like Ideology is a sick... It's a religion... It's a religion that that really can be very powerful yeah. for a short period of time, anyway, and cause people to do horrible things. To, to me, the, the the central culprit in these sorts of things is certainty, knowing that you're right. Yeah. As long as there's doubt, as long as like I think I'm right, but maybe I'm not. As That's long the as there's some humility, method. right? You know. Um, yeah. Although even science, I mean, there's some real evil in science. Of course. You know, pharmaceutical. Well, we could talk about it, but but to me, the the, the the bugaboo and all this is certainty that you're right. You know, certainty that this is the way people need to live. Yeah. That, and any price is worth paying in order to arrive at this utopian. Well, you, you just used the words, you just used the word utopia. The idea that you can create a utopia, that, that's the most dangerous idea. Do you the know what the root of utopia is? No. It, it was a word invented by Thomas More. Uh, really? Yeah, Sir Thomas More. I love Thomas More. It, I'm a man who died for his principles, by the way. Yeah. A man who wouldn't renounce the Anglican, I mean, the Catholic Church yeah. and, and embrace the Anglican right. Church. So Henry, Henry VIII, VIII yeah. said, you, and, and, and the, the, the Man for All Seasons is a yeah. great play about yeah. him saying, I'm more than my appetites. I'm not going to just, it's, the, it's like what Socrates did. Yeah. And, you know, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to embrace the, the, the Anglican church because it's convenient and it'll save my life. Yeah. I'm more than my life. I'm my principles. What a yeah. bad motherfucker. Yeah. I draw a lot of strength from people like that. Yeah. We all want to be that person. We all want to fucking be that person. I, I had a, there was a famous actor in my acting class who did A Man for All Seasons, and he began to cry during the critique. And he said, I'm not the man. I couldn't do this. And it really bothered him hmm. that he knew that he was an actor he was an actor and not the real Sir Thomas More. <laughs> I get it, bro. Really? I get it. You don't know who the fuck you are when it happens. But you're acting. I but mean, he just, he, he, as a man, realized he probably wouldn't have. Robert De Niro he, could not he have wouldn't boxed have a like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, actors are fucking the most annoying. The one good thing about, and yeah, I could give a fuck about Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood disgusts me in a lot of ways. They're the most, they are the most self-righteous group of fucking just fickle shitheads. That fucking video, I take responsibility. Uh, that yeah, made me yeah. so disgusted. You fucking zeros. You 
spineless. They jump from one cause to another like a bird dog does when it sees a bunch of fucking birds. Yeah. They fucking, it goes from the Black Lives Matter, Corona, wear your mask, gender equality, gender neutral, trans shit. I mean, they just, they can't stop jumping from one. All of a sudden, a bunch of celebrities had a bunch of trans children. What a surprise. <laughs> what a fucking surprise. Where do you rent them? How'd that happen, guys? Your three-year-old suddenly identifies as a man, yeah. and now you're saying it's my son, or you're full of shit. Yeah. You're just saying that because it makes you popular, because you just are so desperate to be liked, because you have that weird gene inside of you, which is why you're working, which is probably why you're a great actor, because you you will do whatever. You're a fucking you you can seduce men yeah. and women. Yeah. I can't as I'm older now, and I know a lot of pretty well-known famous actors. I, I I see right fucking through them. Yeah. I can't stand it. I, I I'm just like you are. You want to talk about narcissism? I love that Ricky Gervais thing when he was hosting the Grammys or whatever the fuck it was, and he's like, "All right, look, we're running low on time. Just come up here. Thank your God, your agent. Shut the fuck up and sit down." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, we don't want to hear because it. Ricky's a fucking comic and a musician. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and also just, he got famous late in life. I know. And with fucking acting too, the problem is when you're an actor and you're a dramatic actor and whatever, you live and die by what other people think of you. Right. You have to be amazing to work with and you have to, because you don't get a job. It's such a collaborative process that mm. word of mouth is everything. Right. You've got to suck everybody's dick. So if you're difficult or oh, moody dude, you or something. Oh, dude, you've got to suck everybody's dick. Yeah. You can be difficult as long as your movies are making money. Right. But as we know, right. as we know, your movies will stop making money. And I don't give a fuck who you are. Mm. I don't care. Ask Russell Crowe. Ask Kevin Costner. Ask Johnny Depp. Ask them all. Mm. The minute your movie starts doing well, you're the last guy. You're the last guy in the chair. Yeah. We don't, you know, we, I got, we, we got the new, who's the new flavor. Yeah. It happens every time. Yeah. And if you've been drinking and you've cost people money and you've insulted the people who didn't have the power at the time. Oh, now they do. Now things are different. <laughs> now you can get called out for, for creating a toxic work environment. Right. And once social media, everybody starts talking on social media, you're, you're fucked. Hmm. Look at Ellen. Uh, there are, there, is there, there are a positive side to that? I think so. I think there's always a positive side to because if this. Ellen's been like making people to, unhappy, I think for there's years. a positive side to women having a, a whisper network. More of a positive hmm. side than negative, hmm. because now men, shithead men will behave better. Now yeah. shithead men, you know, even with a guy like me, I, you know what I did at 53? I said to my nephews, I go, "You motherfuckers better be careful, and you better be a gentleman, and you better fucking treat people well, and you better know that there's a wake you're leaving behind, and that whatever you do can be drummed up 30 years from now." So. You better behave, you better be, you better be impeccable in your behavior. Might be, it might usher in a new era of puritanical behavior. It might, we might be very formal, but we are very formal nowadays on the workplace. But does it matter? I mean, if you can be accused of something that you didn't do, then what's the point of impeccable behavior? This, but, but see, this is, okay, so that's the rub. This is the liability. That's why none of us want to live in a world like that. All of us want to be. You don't think everybody in the workplace would like to flirt, would like to date? Dude, that's I've where lived you in meet Spain people. for 20 years. That's where you meet people. Yeah. You, you, oh, so the workplace, I'm not allowed to yeah. joke. I can't joke with anybody or I, I, I might be called. Right. This guy fucking, he's a diversity specialist. He overheard somebody talk about a blackface joke. It was a blackface joke and it's uh, the global news or something. And this woman who'd been there for 23 years, she was the CEO. She wasn't even there. She tried to have a debate with him. 
And the fucking guy was mad because they didn't air his grievances about it. He overheard a blackface joke. He's an Indian guy from Vancouver. I don't know what he's ethnically from, from somewhere in, in East Asia. Yeah. And he, um, I, guess, I can't remember his goddamn so name. So he's not even black. No, he's, he's, he's brown. He's of he's, color. He's, he's of color. And, um, and he overheard a blackface joke. Overheard a blackface joke, so he says. And um, she lost her job. So I can tell you, I know, that companies, corporate America, everybody is so fucking terrified. You have created such a, a blanket of fear yeah. that no one wants to live in and it's going to make no one happy and no one freedom of expression go fuck yourself you don't believe in freedom of expression and you don't believe in due process that's a fact yeah if you do we got to change the world right. but but people are too afraid to say anything it's not anybody's fault something happened this might be just the phenomenon of technology and whatever but here we are but isn't it bizarre i mean a sponsor will pull out of something because of some allegation unproven allegation but they will continue to sponsor um people who they'll continue to sponsor wars they'll continue to sponsor the creation of weapons of mass destruction yeah, of course. they'll continue to sponsor news networks that drum up war that that are clearly racist clearly it's fascist all, it's all about it's all about who's got the loudest voice and who's the most organized and who's the most active. I think it's about divide and conquer, too. Mm -hmm. I think it's about pit the people who could possibly be against what we're doing, distract them by getting them to fight each other. It's foreign policy 101. We've been doing it forever. Yeah. It's politics 101, right? Get, get the blacks and the Jews fighting with each other. That way they won't realize they have common cause. Get the poor whites fighting with the blacks because then they won't realize that they're both screwed by the same system. Yeah. Well, I think Americans' problems is they they can they can never really have be two or three things at once. Hmm. So if I were to say, like if you were talking about why are black people um, why are there why is there a black ghetto in every city and why are black people still in many ways not making the kind of progress that say Asian Americans are or whatever. And then you, and if I were to say, um, see if you're if you're far left, you say it's all racism. It's all racism. And if you're far right or if you're right wing, you go it's it's fucking. Um, well, far right, you hear them talk about genetics, but right. if you're if you're a right wing guy, you're gonna no say family. it's culture. They it's don't all respect culture. A family. It's all fucking culture. Yeah, you got a bug in your wine. Or it might be two things. Or it might be the legacy and the wreckage of of a racist past. Right. And also, that has created a certain culture of neglect or whatever. So Combined with the criminal justice system. Let's figure that, it out. Yeah, it's nuanced. I'm not trying to be right. I just want to solve the problem yeah. so that young black children have as much a future as young white children etc so yeah. what are we going to do about how do we solve that problem are we going to point fingers and blame or let's solve the problem let's solve the problem you know is yeah. yeah i don't know so all right let me ask you this do you ever feel like what's going on in your personal life is a reflection of what's going on in the world um I can pause. No, no, this. no, no! Don't pause. I'm getting wine. Never pause oh. for wine. Well, do I? Do I? Do I think what goes on in my personal life is? Um, I mean, here we are in 2020. Shit's falling apart. Yeah. Outside, yeah. right? The country's falling apart. The world's falling apart. Uh, the environment is falling apart. There's, uh, you know, this mysterious uh, illness going around, which you were probably the first person I know personally who got it. It's been a hell of a fucking 2020. And meanwhile, you know, in your private life, boom, yeah. 
Yeah, destruction. Just yeah. like a lot of shit. <laughs> Divorce. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think it's ever been any different. I'm not so sure history has been. Maybe, maybe it's never been this good. I'm drinking good wine, and I'm healthy. <laughs> you mean in your personal life? I'm just talking about in life in general. Uh, I mean, compared uh, to what, what most of history and most people have gone through, you and I'd be dead by now. We're, we're both of age where we, we would have been, we would have had some kind of a fucking infection. What are we talking about? We Medieval have, times? I'm talking about, be I'm talking about before me, antibiotics were invented, before anesthesia was invented, yeah, before see. you could set a bone. So when, when, when we had no representative government, so a lot of times I think to myself, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of shit going on, but... We're okay. Hmm. We're okay. Uh, I think we're okay. <laughs> I'm not going to try to talk you out of it, but uh, I, I don't know, man. I think about death a lot lately, but but not in a bad way. Like, I uh, I, yeah. I guess maybe I'm not. I'm just not as afraid anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, that's it's it's a great opportunity to to, to see the shit hit the fan and to see what what's left standing in yeah. yourself, yeah, in your community, yeah. who. who are the friends who stick by you and who are the friends who suddenly don't? But also, like, maybe we have no control over anything. You know, the, the first rule, the 21 rules of the samurai, Miyamoto Masashi, who said, accept everything exactly as it is. Hmm. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, why waste your time down, thinking about how it isn't, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. And respect the gods but don't ask them for anything and don't fear death yeah. and don't chase the taste of good food and have no regard for where you live. And these things that, that the warriors and the, and the monks, and they both tend to converge at the same point. Right. Um, seem to talk about, yeah. I'm intrigued with that. Yeah. I'm intrigued with minimalism like you are. Yeah. I'm intrigued Stoicism. with... Stoicism. But I'm also intrigued with facing my death with my eyes wide open. Yeah. I'm serious. Like I, I'm, If you could choose your manner of death, have you thought about that? Um, if you're lucky enough. Yeah, I have. Because a lot of us... I mean, you, you know, know... Just hits us and we don't have a I chance. Know. Do you want to experience I, I, it? I, I, to choose my manner of death would be to be in the middle of trying to correct an injustice. Hmm. So I can't stand a bully hmm. right. and I can't stand seeing if I, you know, I think about, I, I, I obsess over what I would do if a spree shooter showed up and if I could tackle him from behind, cause spree shooters get tunnel vision. Hmm. And so I, I, I think about what, cause it, I don't know. I shoot guns. They're fucking loud. They're so much louder than you think you go deaf. And there's smoke Especially everywhere. Especially in a room. And if he's got an AK-47 or something, or he's got a goddamn AR-15, you don't even know how loud that is. That hurts your ear. You go deaf. So, and it's smoke, and it's crazy, and it's horrifying and terrifying, and people are dying. Um, and I think to myself, would I have the wherewithal to tackle that motherfucker and slit his throat, you know, do something? I don't know. But I think about, I think about... There's that heroic sensibility coming uh, 100% back. that is. You're goddamn right. you fucking right there is. So maybe that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't know. I think about um, when this woman in China got out of her car and a Bengal tiger, a Siberian tiger, grabbed her. And her mother got out and came after the tiger to save her daughter. And her daughter was an adult. And the tiger took the mother. Mm-hmm. And the mother gave her life for her daughter. Yeah. That's a tiger. That's a 700-pound cat. That's mythical. And, it, and, 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 yeah, and you're terrified. And uh, I hope I could do that. 
Mm. I wouldn't be able to live it down if I didn't. Yeah, that's the other side of it. You know? Yeah. They, I don't know. There's that Noblesse Oblige, that movie. Is that what it's called? Where, mm. where the fucking guy, is that the name of the, uh, oh, I think that's what, it's a Swedish movie. And there's an avalanche and he runs, leaves his family there. Mm. And everybody's fine. Mm. Everybody's fine. But he's got to come back. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to come back. And it's his, bad news and that everybody's fine. Like, his wife is like, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah, now, you, you need to prepare for that. Yeah. You need, because again, your opponent's going to come in a, in, a, in a form you don't recognize. Yeah. And you're going to be, you're not going to be ready for it. There's a great Hemingway short story. I love that story. Do you know, oh, the, fuck, short, the happy short happy life, life of Francis, Francis McCormick. Oh, what a great story. <laughs> Same thing, right? Dude, like, because he yeah. wouldn't go into the bush. He, he didn't shoot the lion he, when it charged. It the, no, it was the it was the uh, the buffalo. Oh, was Water it a buffalo? buffalo? Black uh, death, they call it. Because uh, when you shoot a buffalo, you got to go into that tall grass and make sure he's done. But he's yeah. waiting for you. Yeah. And that shit's now. I didn't fault the man. That's a fucking giant buffalo. But I don't fault but, the guide for fucking his wife that night either. I don't either. <laughs> Hey, all spare and love and war, motherfucker. You know, if well, you, well, you lose it like that yeah. in front of your woman, yeah. that's not your woman anymore. And that's that's you know? that's my biggest fear. That's so that's a man's biggest fear that he's yeah. a coward and not a hero. You know what? What kills me about this? I mean, a lot of things kill me about this situation that that you're in right now. And 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 I, honestly, I, I can't say. I mean, I do feel a sense as your friend, someone who loves you. I do feel a sense of injustice on your behalf, and I feel. I wanting to defend you and so on. But on the other hand, it's an amazing experience. It's a privilege in a way mm. for a guy as deep as you are. Because mm. I know fame is fun, TV's fun, money's fun. Yeah. But your life, if I understand you correctly, has never really been about that. Mm-mm. And it's an amazing thing for you to be able to go through this, just like it's an amazing thing to have cancer and deal with that or, or lose your leg to a shark attack or whatever. Right. Um, so in a sense, I kind of envy you in a way like, Oh, all right, it's good for you. You get to do this. You get to look back in your life and say, Ooh, yeah, I hit a fucking wall hard. My my good friend, whose wife is, has a bad form of cancer and, and, and also had lost at one point all his money and now made it all back. But he said, uh, Hey, Hey dude, you're in the disaster club. Right. Welcome. I got some friends you know, we're going to have some wine. It's some and intense they, people there. Oh, dude. Yeah, real people. Because people all, who don't buy has, the bullshit. Yeah, everybody yeah. has faced chaos and, and yeah. disaster. I always think about what Jordan yeah. Peterson says. In chaos, tell the truth. That's all you have. Yeah. Tell the fucking truth. It'll get you through. Well, no always what. tell the truth if you can. You try. And that's when you were talking about your nephews and, and be, you know impeccable behavior. What I would say to young men is... Like, yeah, impeccable behavior is great if you can pull it off. Boring. I never could. Boring. More important to me is communication. Communicate. Like, yeah. be really clear about who you are. Figure out who you are and be really clear about it. And any woman who comes into your life, be really clear with her. Well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Never mind the other stuff. Like, yeah. like for me, like, I, I was saying that to my, my buddy who knows me so well. He goes, you're the guy who spent his entire life trying to get people to like him. Well, like, look what I do for a living. Well, a well that, see, that's where I was going earlier. I was, what I was going to say is, that, and I'll stop talking, yeah. but the, the supreme irony of all this is I've always seen your brand of humor as being, look at me, look how macho I am, look at I'm the fighter, I'm the guy yeah. with the beard, I'm the macho guy. Yeah. But the whole time you're making fun of that kind of, of shallow sense of masculinity because then you're dancing across I'm the an stage. I'm idiot. 
Well, you're an idiot, but you're. <laughs> but I'm also. I'm. All, yeah. But you're. You're critiquing conventional masculinity. I am. Like I. It embarrassed me. Conventional masculinity yeah. and being a bully and being macho is embarrassing. Right. And it's embarrassing because because a fucking if a twenty gram bullet can drop. A rhino. Right. What would it take to kill you? I could right. throw a baseball right. kind of hard at your face and you yeah. might die. Yeah. You understand? So it's always been embarrassing when I see men with their cigars and the lottie da on their lap. With their fucking I muscles and their tats and it's their, all bullshit. Their jeeps and their trucks. It's yeah. All that on. stuff. It's yeah, all, in case you gotta go. It's all an expression of fear, which of is the supreme is. irony because it's all like I'm a big fucking man and I'm looking at you and I'm saying, Why are you, what are you so afraid of, yeah. man, that you built your whole life? around building walls yeah you know it, right. it's sad and that's what i've always been obsessed with yeah and and i but, so for but, you to get caught on in this well, crossfire like, my, my friend goes you're the fair. dude who's always wanted people to like you yeah I, I i take care of people and your humor is is on the woman's side looking at how silly men are i know i know that but you it, know what yeah, listen it's amazing everybody who knows me knows that and we live in we're just living in a time where this is what what it is, yeah. And uh, I'm. It's much bigger than I am, and I don't matter that much. So, what's your I, I advice? Really don't. What's your advice when when I, somebody my, my, my comes out of the woodwork? My, my advice is to stay compassionate. Hmm. Don't get angry, because it's bigger than you. And hmm. this happened to you. And if if it wasn't this, it could have been a shark. It could have been cancer. It could have been brush something. Fire. And it could have been much worse. Yeah. And so, um, so I don't really have advice because it's all new. But 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 I think the advice is that um, that you can look at it as this happened for me, not to me. Right. And and how can I nudge the world to a better place, despite and because of it? I think that's important. I, I think, um, you know, well, keep fighting and be a fighter. I, if I, okay, dude, whatever you want to say. You can call it that. Uh, have compassion and, um, and have it make you a, become a better person and reflect on what you did to bring this energy into your life. Take responsibility in one way or another to the idea that, you know, you, you, you are, um, you, you, you know, that you are not above um, being impervious and that because it's an injustice in your mind doesn't mean anything. It's not that important. Hmm. Oh, well, yeah, I know, dude. And you could be an orphan in a Romanian fucking orphanage yeah. in the 90s. Uh, you know, and in the eighties and in the sixties. And I mean, you know, so this is perspective, get perspective, keep moving forward, pivot, figure out what you can do from here and help people and stay positive. It's not easy. It's fucking hard. It's, it's all really hard. And it, what's, what's interesting also, it's, it's the great unknown. I don't know. Too soon to tell. How you doing? Too soon to tell. Hmm. How you doing? Too soon to tell. Yeah. Maybe. Sometimes too soon to tell. Maybe I don't know. Too soon to tell. So I guess I guess it makes you, it makes me a, a little bit more faithful. I, I tend to pray now. I never did. Do you I, believe in God? Um, Who are you praying to? I don't know. I, I'm, hmm. I'm afraid not to believe in God. Hmm. Sometimes you don't. 
sometimes the only thing that makes you feel better is to kind of um, ask for ask ask that you are given the strength to continue to move in the right direction. Yeah. I don't know. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter who you're asking, really. I know. It's humbling. It's humbling. Being humbled is a gift. I've never been humbled. I've had a very blessed life. Fucking time, dude. dude. I've had a great blessed life, dude. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Like, I, I, you know, my own TV show. I was on two TV shows. I, I couldn't do another TV show. I was like, I can't do it. My agent, I would, my agent would laugh because I'd be like, dude, I'm sorry I'm so talented. I don't have time. I'm sorry <laughs> to keep you so busy. And I'm sorry we're juggling. I mean, you know, this was, you know, my, my stand-up, everything's been amazing. Yeah. I said to my mother, I said, you know, a while back when I was doing, I had an amazing show stand-up. And I said, if I die tomorrow, I got to tell you, I've done it all. Hmm. I really have. Yeah. If I die tomorrow, I'm, I'm not afraid to die. I'm really not. I'm really not. And, and I said, if I die tomorrow, I... I uh, I will die with contentment. Hmm. I've done a lot and I've been very fucking lucky. Yeah. So no doubt. Yeah. So I, I look at it that way and I'll continue to do as long as I can, as long as I can, I will continue to try to make people laugh. That's all I can do. I don't know how to do anything else. I don't feel very funny lately. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was talking with my father shortly before he died and he said, uh, that one of the great blessings of his life looking back on it is that he knew when he was happy Mm. in the moment he knew wow it wasn't like he looked back and said oh i was happy in my 30s it was like no i knew then at the moment yeah that i was happy that's the greatest blessing that's a great blessing and then the last thing i'll I'll, I'll leave you with as you were talking I, i kept thinking of this line i read years ago um Tibetan Buddhist, I think it was Chogyam Trungpa, and I've probably said this before on the podcast, but I read this in like 1990, I think, because I remember I'd just come to Barcelona the first time, and um, he, he said that Westerners have this sense of, of enlightenment, uh, being constant bliss, <laughs> that you're just always happy, <laughs> and he said, you guys don't understand, that's not really what the word means. The concept is that it's balance. Like you were talking about justice is in balance, right? He said, you reach a point in your life when no matter how great things are going for you, you can't forget the suffering that's going on around you. You see the person on the bus who's just sad and lonely and, you know, you just see people suffering around you and you, you can't forget it. So you're always balanced. You're happiness, but you're aware of the unhappiness. And no matter how terrible things are going in your life, you can't forget the beauty and the, and the innocence of children and the, the, just, you know, the ecstasy of, of the weather and you know, whatever, of animals. And then he, he finishes it with, uh, an enlightened life is joyful participation in the sorrows of the world. I always think about that. Fuck. It's like, fuck, man, that's it, right? Fuck. And people ask me how I am now, and I, I, keep, I always want to say, like, from the age of 40 or so, there's no answer to that question. Mm. Because I'm always good and bad. What part of my life do you want to know about? Yeah. Do you want to know about my friend who just died, or do you want to know about how happy I am with this thing I just read, or this what do you movie choose to I focus just saw, on? or these friends I'm lucky to hang out with? Yeah, it's it's always both. I've always I've, I think the goal is to be able to observe um, 
to observe whatever is happening in your life, to be able to see it and to experience it and to put, you know, almost no, I guess, positive spin or negative mm. spin on the totality of it. The totality. Yeah, yeah. It's just sensation. Yeah. It's just pressure and heat yeah. and light. And it's, it's, and again, it's, it's an attack on your, um, you know, Miyamoto Masashi also said, uh, think, think lightly of yourself and deeply of the world. Mm. I yeah. love that. Yeah. You know, Brian Callen, congratulations on your humbling. Oh my God. As long as I have, We've all been waiting for as it. As long as I have people like you in my life, brother, wise people who teach me, I am looking forward uh, to dinner with you, man. I love making fun of you. I love having it made fun of. That everybody makes fun of me, and they should. Yeah, and they should. You'll you'll be back on your feet, making fun of the rest of us in I no hope time. So, Thanks, right. pal. Thank you, brother. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the wild and wonderful Brian Callen. He's got a, a new podcast up. I think it's The Fighter and the Kids. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's got a bunch of different things happening. Check him out on Instagram, Brian Callen, C-A-L-L-E-N. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, he's got websites and all sorts of presence out there in the social media landscape. Um, yeah, and send him some love if you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, tell Brian, because he... You know, his, his impulse was smart, which was like, oh, I really enjoyed recording that with you. But, uh, you know, I just talked to my lawyers and they were like, stop talking publicly until we get this worked out. And I totally get that. And even at this point, months later, um, you know, this sort of super prudent move would be to just, uh, you know, not release this. But uh, he gave me the go ahead. And uh, I appreciate that because I think it was a really good conversation about important things. And, um, you know, but when you're vulnerable, the the move is to try to, you know, defend yourself and keep everything quiet. And um, so I admire him. I, I admire the way he handled this, which uh, even at the beginning was like, no, I'm not going to slink away. I'm not going to uh, provide no comment. I'm going to come out and say what. I believe to be true. And, um, yeah, we never know how we would react in those situations. And, uh, you know, it's easy to say as, as he and I did in the conversation, Hey, it's not a shark attack, right? It's not a cancer diagnosis, but on the other hand, I'm, you know, losing your job. What the fuck? That's pretty scary. Um, you know, uh, especially when your whole life is sort of based upon, a, you know, an assumption of a certain steady income. And then suddenly that's not there anymore. That's, um, you know, it's not life or death, but it's pretty fucking heavy. So um, I find a lot to admire in the way he's handled that. All right. If you want to support the podcast, there are so many ways to do it. Um, if money's tight, you can just leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you're using to listen to this so that people know that, that you're out there listening to it and you enjoy it. Um, you can, if you order stuff on Amazon, you can go through the link on my website and a small percentage of whatever you spend on Amazon will kick back to support the podcast. Um and uh, if you do have some cash and you want to throw it this away, 
there are ways to do that on the podcast or on my website. You can become a con, you know contributing supporter, and that will get you access to all the eBooks that I've put together. I think there are three of them at this point, um, as well as monthly video romas that I do where I respond to people's questions that they post on the um, the supporter forum that you'll find on my website. So that's uh, tangentiallyspeaking.com or thatchrisryan.com. They all lead you to the same place. And then, of course, you can buy T-shirts and things from my mom, which she will tell you about presently. Thanks for listening, everybody. Much love to all of you. Okay, Mom, uh, tell people what they can order from the garage. Okay, in our cottage garage, we have lots and lots of T-shirts. Sex at Dawn, Civilized to Death, Vanthropology, Tangentially Speaking, Paleo Modern, and Talking Out of My Ass. (laughs) She didn't like saying that last one. Then we now have some new things added. We've got beer cozies or koozies or whatever they're called. Oh, Civilized to Death design. They're all Civilized to Death. We have stickers and car decals, right? Yes. Okay, there you have it. That's Julie, my mom. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're going to say. to the ground.